Konnichiwa, everybody. I'm Bert, and joining me is Breezy. Hello. Hi. Said join me as day. Yep, that's me. Eleanor. Oi. Pre. Hello. Moss. Hi. And Digi. Hello, I'm Digi. Welcome back to Avenir Academy for our second episode. And we'd like to say we're pretty much just going to jump right in because where we left off last week, the six of you had just entered your first test at the Academy at the behest of Headmaster Tobias Avenir and had entered a large arena, which I did drop a map of. I'm sure someone saved a copy. Um, and were set upon by four automata. So, if you could, please describe to the listeners where your characters are set up. So, Bosch is up on top and ready to have some fun with this elephant gun. He's got a cannon. Eliza is down on the lower floor, uh, and she has her halberd ready to hack and slash. I... I am on the bridge, hoping not to get hit by others, as is Eleanor the healer. I think I'm on the bridge. I'm on the drape. Pipey's on the bridge. And Day is on the bridge as well. You mean me, dear? I keep doing that. It's okay. You can be our classmate too, Day. <laughs> I'm in. I'm playing two characters now. My, myself and the deer. Oh, wow, the third wall. Fourth wall. Oh, no. Reaching the fourth wall. So. Um, oh. I was just going to say, uh, Alistair is also at the base of the bridge opposite of Eliza. Okay. I believe that covers where everybody's parked. Mm-hmm. So. I might be wrong. To the two on the bridge, the door... The doors at each end of the bridge rattle up. And stepping out is a sphere-shaped robot of a type with long, spindly limbs and a bird-like Each arm terminates in a small nub, which, as they catch sight of you, extend out into blades of crystalline blue light. And down below, two hulking, ogre-like automata bound out of two open doorways running on their knuckles as they come pounding Let's go ahead and roll our first initiative of the campaign. That's the nat one. I have a zero oh. initiative. Oh, oh my. Five in total. Wait, you have minus one to yep. initiative? Oh. I also have a nat, or I have a nat two for initiative and a minus one, so I have a one as well. Uh, what should I roll for initiative? Uh, D20, add your initiative modifier. Or just your best. I also got an at one, but I have a pl- I have plus one. Where did I put so, my dice? I rolled a two, but I had a plus three, so we are not rolling good this time. Yeah, this is, a, this is a great start for the second session. The my D20 is going in the dice cage. Yeah. Modified 24 Man. here, top of the pile. What did Alistair get? Uh... 13. 13, okay. 
So, Nadir, you are the first to act. Okay, I, um, I would like to first, I gotta remember to hold this down, uh, I'd like to first send a Cypher out, uh, since he follows me in initiative order, uh, I basically uh, do, like, a, a head nod and send him, uh, kind of just flying in a, like, an orbit around the, around the stadium to, just kind of uh, tell me what's going on. Okay, so he's he's doing a uh, he's doing a holding pattern. Yes. And I am going to okay. I am going to turn to one of these automatons and I'm going to cast Float Punch. Okay. Uh, go ahead and fire away. That is a uh, ten to hit. Lucky you. It does not hit. My bad. Oh. Uh. Alright, I, I reach out my chili necrotic hand, and I think uh, Cypher had said something to me as he was flying off, and I'm, I'm distracted now. Asshole. Uh, and I am going to almost like, retreat backwards and have my back on. Okay, so you're, you're putting it back to the you're putting it back to the podium. Yes, and facing. Okay. So as you're moving out of its face, because you did have to close into as you as you close into uh, use chill touch, it does get an attack of opportunity on you as you leave its space, and it gets a three. So it brings one of its arms down and scores across the middle and just kind of reorients itself and its entire upper body spins as it kind of re- it reorients itself to- uh, towards you after kind of throwing its whole body into its hand. And I believe do you have a bonus action you want to use or anything? Your action and movement. I guess I should have given uh, more rope. I'm going to. You know what? I will end my turn. Okay. Next in the order is the Clockwork Soldier that just attacked you. So, it turns itself end over end. You just left. Did you? It turns itself end over end and starts running towards you. And then when it closes in, it's going to make two attacks with its training weapons. How does an 18 hit? An 18 does hit. It deals a point of force damage as the blade passes completely through you. And then just stings where it where it swung through. Its second attack does a, fif- a 15 does not hit. No, you have a 16 to save. So, as it's bringing up its other one, you bring up your rapier, which is the same school issue, and deflect the blow and kind of turn it away from you, and the entire upper body of this thing is good. Okay. 
the second in the order. Is one of the other is the other clockwork soldier, which spots in Tyathe, and uh oh, oh wait, I'm the start, <laughs> and starts to close in on him, and with both of its attacks, is going to attempt to target you. Does a 18 hit? Uh, Picking my reactions, I don't have anything. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, no, I do. I uh, yes, it does hit. Sorry. Uh, three points of force damage on the first hit, and you feel that rather familiar stinging sensation as it drives its blade, which sort of just phases through you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt. It's more just like a reminder you're not supposed to be taking this. Yeah. And an eight does not hit you. And the second no. one goes wide and you deflect it with the blade of your greatsword. Mm. For the two below, the ogre. One of them bounds towards Alistair. You see it pick up its tiny little stumpy legs and start running on its fists until it jumps in the air and starts aiming a swing. Alistair does a... 13 does not hit, correct? What would I check for that? Armor class. 15, so no, it doesn't. Okay. The first hit pounds into the sand and throws up this huge plume of grains. And second swing as it reorients its body... Uh, uh, 11 also doesn't hit. It goes wide and you duck underneath it and it just barely woofs over your horns. And the second ogre targets Eliza and bounds towards you and does a 10 hit Eliza. My AC is 13, so no, it does not. Okay. The first hit goes wide, and you step out of the way and sort of goad it away from you with the point of your halberd. And I believe a 17 hits. Yes, a 17 would hit. Find my D8. Eight points of force damage. As it connects with your stomach and takes you off your feet. And it doesn't hurt. It stings in the way, like I said, you're used to from how these how these training robots feel. And with that, Alistair, you're up in the air. Um I So you're you're toe-to-toe with one of these beasts. Hey, uh, it's hard to think about what to do. I guess I will use my uh, Academy Given Scimitar to take a swing at the nearest Clockwork Ogre. Okay. Go ahead and give it a swipe. Uh, one d six. Okay. 
Okay, one second. Uh, you gotta make an attack roll first. What do I use for that? D20, add your dexterity modifier. Okay. Actually, um, it'll be add your weapon attack. There should be a functional fight club for that. That'll be a 12. 12 hits. Go ahead and roll your damage die. And that's a... 1d6, okay. D6, add your dexterity modifier. So that would be a 2 plus... So that's 6. 6. You get in underneath one of its armor plates and dig the blade in. And unlike what the blades do to you guys, which is just... Uh, which is just sort of like a sting. And... This actually appears to cut a lot of the brassy metal, and you dig it into one of the gaps in the armor and start cutting things loose. So let's go ahead and deal six damage for this. God, I love fucking doing that so far. And you still have your movement and a bonus action if you want to use either one. Um... If you attempt to clear its space, it will it will make an attack of opportunity against you. It may not hit, but it will make it. Is it possible to to roll slightly away and then target a different spot on the same Clockwork Ogre for another attack? You don't have another attack to use. Oh, I don't. But okay. Just roll out of the way then. Your, your... Okay. So yeah, you're you're sort of duking and dodging in a strictly flavor way. You're staying in its space, you're keeping up. He got jukes! <laughs> he got jukes! Bosh, you're up. You have clear sight lines on all four of these automata, and as the, the doors open, you noticed that the orbs are now one of three colors. Blue, red, or yellow. And you can grab one and load it and fire it as an Okay, I'm going to grab a blue orb. I'm going to load okay. it. I'm going to pull out my cat's eye marble and play some little techno beat like on loop. <laughs> and I am going to aim at how many are on the bridge? So there are two um, sort of spindly looking clockwork automata on the bridge and two big burly looking ones down below. Yeah, let's go for a spindly right now. Okay. So... There's one t- one targeting Eleanor and one targeting uh, one targeting anti. Yeah, let's go targeting to do. Let's go save Eleanor. So I'm gonna fire. Okay. Okay. Go ahead and make your attack roll. Um, you do so with your intelligence modifier. Okay. Cool. Nice. <laughs> do I get to add my proficiency bonus to this? Yes. Okay, in yes, that it is, case... It is, treated as a, it is treated as a magic weapon attack. It's going to be a 15 attack. to hit. 15 hits. So, you grab a blue, load it in, cock it back, swing the trunk of this newly plastered cannon, and fire at one of the... Uh, 
at one of the automata that's on the side of the bridge with Antiope. Hey, Spindly! I got you blue. Boom! It catches, catches it right in the center of its chest, and you watch it as it sort of spins on its, on its waist, and the blades short out and shut off for a second. This creature is now stunned. Woo! And then for my bonus action, I will just tell uh, Thunder, my little steel guardian, to watch my back. Okay. Thunder's keeping an eye on the door behind you, which may open at some point and may not. You're not sure. She doesn't want blue. Sorry, someone posted the uh, Squiggity Swoody Crow in player chat. Eliza, you're up. All right, lovely. So I'm going to make a roll to attack. Okay. Uh, it is going to be a 20. Um, modified or natural? Modified. Okay. That definitely hits. Go ahead and make your damage roll. I believe for the halberd is a d10. Yes, it's a d10. I just gotta find my dice first. Uh, it is 9 damage plus 4 slashing. So your, your strength modifier is 4? Yes. Yeah, I remember your strength modifier being 4. Yeah, that's uh, 13 points of damage in one go. Hell yeah, baby. Let me get a second to open this thing's health bar. Deal 13 damage to it in one go. You. Is it still up? Under. It is still up, but it is looking rough. Can I take my bonus action real quick, or do I need to wait for you to narrate first? You duck under it and take this long swipe. Almost. Uh, almost swing it like a baseball bat, and the phase. The crystalline blade of the halberd. Like, jigs through the metal and bring it back around. Are you going for your second deck and pull on master? Yes, I would love to do that. Go ahead and give it a whirl. That's another d10, correct? Uh, I, you still have to make an attack roll first. Alright, you're right. Okay, hold on. That's gonna be a 25. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the damage this is an a... AC of 12. You're good. <laughs> damage is a d4. Plus your ability yeah. mod. D4 plus strength. For, yeah, for uh, a backhanded for, attack. Yeah, yeah for the, the back end of a uh, halberd. From, from the Polar Master. That's gonna be 8 damage. <laughs> Jesus! I swapped out my D20 and put the one that rolled me a 2 in the dice prison, and now I'm rolling well. <laughs> I'm sure you're gonna um, live to regret saying that. It is. You catch. You turn the, the haft around and smack it right in what would be its throat, and pop a couple of its armor plates off as you catch it square in the jaw and send it staggering back. It does not look like it's going to last much longer. Fantastic. Antiope, you're up. Wonderful. What enemy is nearest to me? You have one of the two clockwork soldiers, the one that uh, Bosch just stunned. Mm. Uh, kind of short-circuiting in front of you. 
If I hit it, does it come out of stun? Uh, I believe so, but also you have advantage on the attack. I will go for it then. Um, and do we have we we have weapons that the school gave us, not our actual weapons, yes. right? But yeah, they still have the have... same stats. Yeah, they have the same stats as a regular weapon. Just okay. Only really usable on school grounds against these sort of uh, these sort of training dummies, as I go. Excellent. I am going to pull out my greatsword and take a swing with advantage. First roll. Thank God I have advantage because that's an eight. Second roll. <laughs> okay, not uh, eighteen. Eighteen hits. Wonderful. Damage. Two d six plus your strength modifier. Ten. 10 damage. That is my cat. She's cheering me on. You bring it down both hands overhand and just cleave this thing. You take off two of its arms. Or you take off one of its arms, which um, you realize can split into two and quite hasn't yet. So you cleave off one of its arms and it's still kind of short-circuiting until you're not sure when, but it, it doesn't look like it's going to come out of that just yet. Gotcha. You um, still have your movement and well, a I, bonus action. I'm engaged. Uh, I guess I could smite it. it. Yeah. I was going to say, it, it can't make an attack because it's incapacitated due to the stun effect. I think I'll, I think I'll use smite. Um, smite? Okay, so you're gearing up for whenever your turn comes around next. No, 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 a wrathful smite. It's a bonus action. Then I think you have to use that before your next weapon. Oh. Okay. The next time you hit with a melee attack, weapon attack, during the spell's duration, your attack deals an extra 1d6 side hit. So I have to do it before. Yeah, you would. It, you could do it now, but it would be eligible for next weapon. Okay, I'll, I'll do it now, then. Just have it primed for okay. the next turn. Yeah, you are charging their attack. Pour, yeah. You pour, your, you pour your energy into the blade and watch as the blue crystalline blade turns amber. Yeah. That's my color. Um, and I think I'll stay right here just to... Yeah, just to keep it out. Yep. Eleanor, you are standing next to the podium. Nadir is on the other side of the podium from you, and Antiope is between you and the other uh, the other clockwork soldier, and you just saw Eliza take a nasty punch and then get back up swinging. Um, how close is the clockwork soldier from the edge of the bridge? It's about uh, it's about five feet from either end of the, or either edge of the bridge. The bridge is about 10 feet wide. It's standing pretty close to the bridge. Since it's stunned and it can't stop me, can I just shove it off of the bridge? Yeah. Go ahead and make a... Actually, it, you wouldn't need to do a strength it, check. It, it, it automatically, automatically fails. fails to, yeah, it automatically fails. Exactly. You shoulder check it with all of your tiny body <laughs> and send it clattering over, and it lands on top of the other... Uh, the ogre-like automata, and collapses to the ground. It is still stunned. Uh, you flash it, across the room, go, Woo! Yeah, uh, it maybe goes for a high five. Uh, Eleanor gives it back, kind of shaking a little bit, and it does take fall damage, because it's 20 feet off, right? 
Uh, yeah, I believe it's... 2d6. Uh, yeah, 1d6 for each 10. Seven points of fall damage. Nice. Awesome. And it clatters to the ground and pieces of it come off. It's like throwing a silver bird roll down the stairs. Oh, is it dead? It's not dead. It's, it's close. barely holding It's like together. that satisfying thing where you take ice and just drop it on concrete and just shatter it. Uh, yeah. How hard does Eliza look? Uh, does she look bloody? Is she, has, is she half HP? She's bloody. No, I'm at 23 of 31 HP, so I'm still chugging she took along. A, she, took a, she took a pretty rough punch, but nothing can be slept off. I don't know where Eliza, do you want healing or later? I mean, I'm not one to take down, turn down a helping hand. Alright, bonus action healing word. Okay. Drop that healing word. Uh, that's 8 HP, and you have 4 temp HP to have. Because of my Hell yeah, brother, thing. that's amazing. Don't forget to add the 4 temp HP, please. So yeah, yes, you I got that on there. Temp- you have 4 extra temporary hit points. I feel better than ever. Okay. Uh, Nadir, you're back up on top. Okay, let's try this again. I'm going to, you know, since the magic, uh, magic failed me, trying out my new, my new thing. Uh, I'm gonna draw my rapier, and I'm just gonna take a, take a lunge at this clockwork. Okay, go ahead and roll your attack. Oh, that is a nat one. Oh, you forget to turn the blade on <laughs> for oh. a second. Oh, no. You almost brass knuckle <laughs> against the outside of this thing, and then you remember to turn the blade on. Okay, then uh, with my bonus action... Get me. You know what? I I'm gonna stay stay firm. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm not moving, and I'm gonna uh, use uh, steady aim as my bonus action. You give yourself advantage okay. on your next attack roll as long as you don't move. Okay. Stay planted. You point your feet. You take out the dueling stance your father taught you. And you eye this thing. First clockwork soldier, the one that has been thrown off bridge, um, readjusts itself. Pieces of it fall off as it sort of stands back up, and it's going to. It is, it is shaken, stunned, and it bounds 20 feet up and lands back on the bridge with a jump. And as it lands, another piece falls off. I think this is cheating. <laughs> And it reignites the blades that it had attacked the boat with. You with. And it's going to aim specifically for Ellen. Because it remembers you throwing it off the bridge. <laughs> okay. A, Is there any. A 17 does not hit, correct? Does not. Is there any chance okay. for an opportunity attack? Is he going out of my range or in my range? He or? went uh, into just, your range. Yeah, he entered your space, but. Does that mean yes or no? No. I can't remember. That's a, that's a no. okay. it's, it's not until he leaves your space unless you have something. Gotcha. 
I don't think I have yet. Yet. Suddenly, Antiope is Minnesotan. I just have a lot of voices. <laughs> it. The second swing comes crashing towards Antiope because you're also there. And a dirty 20 hits, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, six points of force damage from the blade scoring, but swiping through you and leaving that stand. Fucker. That's really it, it feels more like you're tired than it than hurt. Right. It just kind of like saps some of the energy out of Gotcha. And the fucker comment is from me, not from Antiope, to this sweet thing. I am not. <laughs> the second Clockwork Soldier attempts to bear down on Nadir with two more attacks. Does a 19 hit? 19 hits. Five points of force damage from the first attack as it faints past your guard and swipes along your leg. Jesus. 21 hits, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. For a single point of force damage as it scores the other leg. Both blades sting as it sort of does the X slash and crosses across your uh, across your upper thighs. Oh, that was so cool. <laughs> You're not even mad about it. Can't be. So, the mechanical ogre that, that attacked uh, Eliza is up next. And it starts throwing hands once more. I'm pretty sure a seven doesn't hit. Correct. And a, an eight doesn't hit. Also correct. It slams both fists down and sends up another huge cloud of sand and dust. And it just lets out what you think would be a roar, but is probably closer to the sound of, like, a turbine spooling up inside of it. Wonderful. The second one turns its focus from Alistair and leaves uh, engaging Alistair, which means you can take an opportunity attack if you want to. I can, or, or Alistair can? Alistair can. It's, it's leaving his space. Gotcha. Um, where is its focus being pointed now, exactly? It's barreling towards uh, Eliza, who's a few feet away from you. Okay. Um... Hmm. Can, can I can I summon my massive swarm of magpies and seagulls using infestation? That's always that's always in in your uh, that's always in your space, but um, only acts on your initiative. Magpies and seagulls, you say? I mean, my idea was to have the attack the. Automata as it's trying to destroy my friend. Idea, whenever oh. your swarm of birds attacks, the editor puts in the uh, seagull laughing noise. <laughs> I was thinking either that or the, uh, from Finding Me. Hi, my, 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 my. 
But when it, when it comes to opportunity attacks, you can usually only take one melee a uh, attack yeah. against them. Yeah, okay. Um, it would have to be with you some attack. Okay, so I'll just I'll just take one more swing at its flailing arm as it runs away. Just trying to get one more hit okay. in before it gets out of my range. Okay. Go ahead and roll your attack. Which ones do I have to roll again? I just completely blanked. It's a d20 and add your attack modifier, which is uh, a d20 with your sound bar. Attack modifier. Plus 6? Yes, it is plus 6, so I got a 16. 16 hits, go ahead and roll your damage on it. And that is... Oh, only one damage. Plus, uh, your dexterity modifiers of five. Uh, okay. Okay. You score it across the lower back as it's leaning, and a couple of pieces kind of clatter to the, uh, clatter to the sand. Speaking of, it's now you're in it, or oh, wait, no, it still has to make its attacks against Elijah. Which it does. Uh, eight does not hit, and six does not hit. It goes for the same overhand, like, in the same spot, it goes for the same overhand swing of both big fists, and hits bare, bare rock underneath the sand, as it pounds the, uh, pounds almost the same spot, but does nothing of nothing. Alistair, you're up. Um... Since it's focused on Eliza, what exactly can I do this round? Uh, you can close back into melee range with it and make an attack, or you can use one of your spells. Or I would like to summon my birds, please. I believe. Let's pull up what Stormkeeper does. Get the get too. Yeah, you can uh, cause your swarm to assist you in one of the following ways after you hit a creature with an attack. So your swarm's there. I'm going to uh, command you... my birds to attack the automata in whichever way they deem most destructive. So you have to land an attack first. Oh, I do? Okay. So, yeah. um, I first try to run up behind it, and as it's swinging its hands down at Eliza, I'm going to just try to do a nice big deep stab right in the back. Okay, go for it. Okay, so... Uh, 14? Does a 14 hit? 14 hits. They are not hard creatures to hit. Okay. So that's a... Leave me alone, Gmail. 2 plus... That'd be 8. 8. 8 damage. 8 damage. And I dropped what your swarm can do after you land an attack. Alright, let me just go here. Okay. okay. These two ogres are both looking like they're on their last legs. I mean, if they ever stood on their legs to begin with, with the stumpy things. Uh, they are falling apart, actively short-circuiting, and, like, the light in their eyes is flickering in. So, you have some options that I drop in the player check. 
Yeah, I think I'm just gonna tell my birds to just start pecking and tearing at the pieces that are falling off. Okay, go ahead and roll your 1d6 piercing. Alright, let's see how much damage I get. Three. Three was enough to kill it. <laughs> yes! Yeah, go! Fly, my pretties! For Destroy! Kill. Actually, I'm gonna go ahead and say, how do you want this to go down? I suddenly got a visual of one of the bigger seagulls just dive-bombing at this creature and going just directly through its head. <laughs> it circles back and just spews itself in a beam of light through the back of its head, and then the other birds just start tearing it apart from the inside and grabbing everything they can salvage. <laughs> They just fly out with pieces of the automaton in their beaks. Just like, yes. You can distantly hear Tobias just, I paid a lot of money for that automaton. The magpies will never return your investment. <laughs> the pieces belong to the magpies now. I think we just found the, the subtitle for the episode. <laughs> magpies will never return your investment. I, I literally wrote down. Speaking of. I, I now have a quotes page in my notes after I heard, I'd like to summon my birds, please. <laughs> Getting into bird law here. Bosh, you're up. Alright. Bosh, you said there was a red and a yellow orb still? Yes. Uh, the blue has also regenerated. Okay, cool. I'm going to grab a, have a yellow one. See, one from this one. see what this does. Load it in the cannon and uh, fire it at one of the big guys. The remaining big guy. Ah, uh, yes, yes. He's okay. going down. Go ahead and make your attack roll. So that is a 19 before modifiers. Yeah. It is a 12 AC. My god, you're good. Boom! Headshot. You load the ball, swivel the turret, and empty the cannon. And it just streaks through hits the center of this creature in one of the gaps that Eliza busted off with her halberd, and the entire thing just starts convulsing as lightning chars it out from the inside, because it only had one HP remaining. Ooh. So whatever damage you dealt would have killed it. Alistair but for record, calls these up things to... deal these things deal 1d10 lightning damage. Alistair calls up the Bosch. <laughs> Alistair calls up the Bosch. I know I did! It was awesome! And then, would it be possible to, like, try and, I don't know, use my telekinesis to pick up the red orb and try and make a faster reload next time or something? I'll say yeah. Sweet. Thank you. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you watch as, Eliza, you watch as this thing just convulses and then completely collapses. The magpies are staring with lust and greed in their eyes. The magpies at your destruction. Just like excellent shot. And six of the six of the doors on in the arena open, but nothing comes through just yet. So there's more? 
Uh, oh, wait, there's more! At each end of the bridge, a staircase spirals down that you would seem sort of spiral back into storage. So you can access the bridge from the bottom if you want to. If anyone wants to trade spaces. I think I'm gonna stay down here on the floor and attack whatever comes at me down here. Okay. So you're you're readying your action, so you're gonna hold your action and use it as a reaction later? Sure. Should I move? I don't think I should move. Because nothing's nothing's come out of coming out of it yet. And Taifu, you are up. Should I move? I feel I don't know. I don't think I should move, but I feel like move. Hmm. Um. Well, I mean, is there anything by me to hit? Uh, on the other side of the podium, around around the podium, is the automata that's been uh, attacking the deer. I got this. You got it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I guess since there's nothing really for me to hit just yet, and I'm not sure about moving, I might take an action to use my sacred blade ability. Okay. Uh, should I read that out? or? Yeah. Uh, as an action, you can imbue one weapon that you are holding with positive energy using your channel divinity. For one minute, you add your charisma modifier to attack holes made with that weapon with a minimum bonus of one. The weapon also emits bright light in a 20-foot radius and dim light 20 feet beyond that. If the weapon is not already magical, it becomes magical for the duration. You can end this effect on your turn as part of any other action. If you are no longer holding or carrying this weapon, or if you fall unconscious, this effect ends. Okay, so you now have a Divine Smite and Sacred Blade burning on this thing. I am just charging up like Goku. Ah, glowing. Spends three episodes charging her attack. Yes. Because I don't, I don't really have anything else to do. I don't really want to leave I my see it as more of the blade from Thundercats. Just, yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. It is uh, an amber glow to it. Yeah. Where's yeah the, the, because of your Divine Smite, the blade has already turned amber. It's just glowing more. Yeah. That's two reactions held. Eleanor, you're up. How hard does the bot look like next to Untouched. Uh, okay. Over dead. Uh, I assume it's gonna look like a normal bell wrapped up in, in leaves as it looks kind of angelical for a second and it just tries to bonk it on the head, literally speaking. <laughs> it's sitting the okay, Oh! Uh, oh wait, that's a save, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a, it's a instant save. I'm, I'm laughing because I rolled double ones on the deck. Oh no! That's okay because it had a it has a save of it has a wisdom of negative four and it rolled a two. So. Uh, that's that's one damage. That's one damage. The has anyone here played Skullgirls? No. Big Band has this special where he opens a bell and just closes it on somebody. And I'm just picturing that, but it's just around this thing's like little bird-like head, and instead of a boom, it's just. Ding! 
that Eleanor watches in disappointment as it does barely anything to him. A single point of damage. Yes. Uh, that's that's my turn. Okay. So, Toll the Dead has, has popped off. Uh, I believe Nadir just gave me an update. Yeah, I won't be healing you. He's fine. Okay. So, other than the Clockwork Soldier, let's go ahead and put that back up. And. Okay, I think other than. Why are the so, initiative written? Okay. Of our characters. Yeah, I'm I'm inserting new initiative. Okay. This will probably be trimmed in post. It's funny how almost everyone except uh, Alistair and Nadir had basically no initiative. Hey, Eleanor's clumsy. That's her character thing. She's holding her face constantly. Good point. Elephants don't run. Oh, you really had to bring up the want, 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 want. The only reason that Alistair's... The only reason Alistair's uh, initiative was so high is he just wants to be done with this. (laughs) I forget what was Bosch's initiative. Five. Oh, that's cool. Five, okay. So you are actually behind everything else. Yippee! Doors at each end of the bridge slide open again. And out of four of the doors come small shapes that tremble out of the darkness. Which, as they step into the artificial sunlight, you realize are Hodmidots. They're little straw do they're little scarecrow-looking fabric golems, but each one has a wooden shield and a little training sword. Are they undead? I'm not going no. to attack that. They're not. They're they're little they're little constructs that are made of they're they're little fabric golems, and one of them just raises its little sword and goes right and have at ya. They're like the scarecrows but alive, horrifying. Yeah, no, they're they're adorable. Can your magpie steal me one of their shields? I'd like a shield, please. You have any ravens in there? Any crows? <laughs> they're too, look, they're, they're too cute. Look at the, the tiny little legs. If they work together, they can seal a shield. I've seen like swallows carry coconuts. Alright, Father. This one's for you. Okay, I'm gonna attack with my rapier with uh, with advantage. So uh, if it hits, I'll apply my sneak attack. Yes. Oh hell yeah. One. I think uh, D&D Beyond Dice are done. That's right here. Second row. Does a 13 hit. A 13 uh, does not hit. Great time. You and this thing are just like bouncing blows off of each other. 
I am going to do another steady aim on it. Okay. And then I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna yell out for uh, for Cipher to tell me what's going on down there. Okay. Cipher relays to you that not only down below, but at each end of the bridge, uh, there are reinforcements. But they're little scarecrow-looking fabric buildings. They look incredibly friendly, and are holding little little wooden shields and training swords. You recognize them from your very first combat lessons at this school. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. This will uh, once I get this guy down, you know, it'll be it's cake. Why does it fill you with murder, Eleanor? It's it's filling Eleanor with murder. It's just they're creepy. They're really creepy. Also, oh, they scare Eleanor. They have to because they probably beat her up when she first came. (laughs) Well, they were they were your combat teachers at first. Are these the things that work in Opal's tower? Yes. Okay, so Antipy's desensitized to them, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, that look. Uh, They're everywhere in this city. They are. They are. You see them literally everywhere. How tall are they? They look puntable. Are they puntable? Maybe four foot at most. They're puntable. Oh, Eleanor's terrified. I'll punch. Bosch's family makes most of their living fixing these guys up, and occasionally stuffing them with with illicit goods. Occasionally, <laughs> but most of the point comes from honest work. Don't let Antipy know about that, or there's going to be issues. <laughs> oh. So, the Clockwork Soldier uh, attempts to make a strength check to push back uh, past you towards the button. Go ahead and make an opposed strength check. You do not have a high number to beat, I will tell you that. These guys are soft. Oh no, it's it's one of the clockwork soldiers that's trying to push Nadir out of the way. Oh, oh sorry. Okay. Is it strength? Yeah. You have to beat a nine. That that is a four. <laughs> it pushes you out of the way and goes for the button. No! And it is now basically hover handing over the button with this because it used its action to do that it can't push the button I have no reactions yeah because it's still in your space it's not going past any of us by any chance no you're on the other side of the podium okay I might need some help now coming Alistair, you are still on the ground, and there are now four Hogmadod soldiers approaching you and Eliza. He's gonna hug one of them. <laughs> he just he, okay. he just can't this bring is, himself to attack is, them. He just can't. They, they're just little guys. Check. This is gonna be a grapple check. Okay, what do I roll for grapple check? It's gonna be a melee attack with strength. Okay, and uh, would that be technically be considered an unarmed strike? Yeah, it doesn't deal any damage. You've just immobilized them. Okay, so what do, what, what do I roll? 
uh, d20, add your strength modifier, and it has to beat whatever you roll in order to score now. Okay, I rolled a 13 on the d20, and my attack modifier is... Your strength would be your strength modifier plus your proficiency bonus, so it would be your strength mod plus two. Oh, strength. Strength, strength, strength. Oh, so it'll be three in total. Okay, so 18, or no, 18, 16. Mm-hmm. It rolled a six, or it has a six total. So it it's the one that yelled, all right then, have at you, and you pick it up and squish it in a bear hug. You've got it immobilized. Oh. I'm just hugging the poor thing. It's so confused. <laughs> how, how is the audience taking uh, Alistair just hugging this thing? That exact facepalm gif that Pre just posted. <laughs> Listen... <laughs> He, he lives with, like, a nature construct, so he he feels very deeply and emotionally for any and all constructs that he comes across. <laughs> so, the one that is currently uh, in your arms is now up on the initiative order. <laughs> oh, wait, you just had a... You just had a, a hit? You can use your bird. You can use your birds. He really doesn't want to hurt Hadmida. You can just have the birds poop on him. Yeah, I think he's just gonna have the birds just like use the use a combined body force to just kind of push the Hadmida's backwards away from him while okay. he's hugging the one of them. <laughs> so. It would have to be the, the attack of the spell, but you can move five feet extra because of the birds. Okay, I'll just I'll just move backwards with the one Hadvidad in my arms, away from the other one, so they're all okay. trying to hit me with wooden swords. The first one, the one that is in your arms, uh, attempts to break out. Doesn't uh, go ahead and use an. You need to be an 18 strength to hold on to him because he's trying to squirm out of your arms. Just let me love you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh no. Uh, so I roll. I roll a five. It pushes your arms apart and hits the ground and takes a combat stance. Uh, Alistair's crying. This wants to be their friend. The second one comes. The second one comes running up <laughs> to to Eliza and attempts to take crying. a swing. I have tears what? What was that, Bree? Diaby's just yelling, "Please stop crying and actually fight them." Antiope does. They're not Antiope. Uh, Eliza does. A, does an eighteen hit. Yes, an 18 hits me. How much damage do I take? Two points of force damage from the, from the training sword. Alright, it hit. Okay. Oh no. Ow, that hurts. <laughs> it's more tiring than anything. 
You're a little gremlin. Or are you just, or are you just playing along with it? She's she's basically just playing along. It doesn't hurt that bad. It's more annoying than anything. One of them on the bridge starts trundling towards Antiope and Eleanor, and then t- gets ready to take a swing. Uh, a seven does not hit. <laughs> It smacks the bridge and then kind of totters itself upright. I almost feel bad for them. (laughs) One of them approaches Nadir and attempts to take a swing at you while you're occupied with the uh, clockwork soldier. That was cocked. Gets a five. Kind of busy here. (laughs) How much ya? As it it swings its training sword in your direction. And two more of them close in uh, on Alistair and Eliza, respectively. One of them does a modified 20 hit Alistair. Sam? Does a a modified 20 hit for Alistair? Yeah, because his his, um, armor is 15, yeah. So that hits. Four points of force damage. As it as it stings you with the training blade. And the sixth attempts to attack Eliza and gets a gets a six and does not hit. Bosh, you're up. Bosh, you watched all of this go down. Bosh's impressed with the unusual tactics it's not paying off as well as he would expect but he's got the red orb now and that seems like a good thing to hit one of the cloth golems with so he's gonna okay. load that in which one are you aiming for um eeny meeny miny number one on your list okay so number one is the one that uh, Alistair hugged and then squirmed out of his grasp. Yep, sounds good. Let's light him up. Okay, go ahead and roll. Go ahead and roll your attack on that. Uh, that's going to be a twenty-one to hit. Yeah. Uh, roll two d ten. Seven damage flat. Seven damage flat. Uh. It sails through the air and turns into a tiny bead, and then when it hits it, turns into a small fireball. Yes! That's what I thought. And deals seven points of fire damage to the Hadmadod. Does the clock catch on fire? Uh, one second. Let me cycle down the list. It does not catch on fire, but uh, it is now smoldering. I'll take it. So it's, it doesn't take any extra damage from the fire, but it's it's sitting there. Just kind of wait. Let me check if it does take extra damage. It does not. Okay. Oh, can I say... I based it on, I based it on something else. Can I say that when uh, Bosch was getting ready to fire, he cast press the digitation to do the little inverse sparks where the cannon's like drawing in energy before it fires? Yes, Absolutely. 
You're making a you're making a light show out of this. You're just having a grand old time. Yes, Bosch has cast the sky itself, but the only thing that changes is he's now wearing a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> Antiope, you're up. Alright. Okay. Here we go. Um so is there okay. Nadir said he needed help, right? Yeah, there's a there's a clockwork soldier about to push the button. Mm. But there's also two pe are there is two of them fighting us? Yeah, there's one at each end of the bridge. Ooh, this bad. that's also worse. Ooh, oh, she's gonna make a run for it and go for the one try that's about to push the button. Okay. It's five feet away from you. You've been standing pretty much with your back to the podium. Awesome. Oh, cool. I thought I was going to be, like, running to the opposite side. Cool. Um, no, the podium's in the center. Awesome. Can... Can I make a shove attack with my greatsword? I don't think I can, but... Uh, no, that would be a separate action. But if you just take a swing with this thing, we can see what happens. Yeah. I mean, you've got two buffs stacked on it. Yeah, I'll take a swing at it. Okay. Um, go ahead and give it a swing. So the... The, I add my charisma modifier. Is that on top of the all the mount modifier I already have? Yeah. Or okay, yeah. so it's a plus seven instead. So let me just pull. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, twenty-five hits. I'm assuming. Yeah. 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 That yeah. You deal two d six greatsword plus one d six psychic plus whatever the sacred blade does. Okay. So here's the initial damage uh 11 damage from the sword itself um that's 2d6 plus your strength mod yes okay and then the smite is you do 1d6 that's three and the sacred blade uh it's magical i don't think it does extra damage no. It does not. Okay. Unless this thing is weak to magical weapons. Uh, no, it's not weak to it. But you give it quite a fucking drubbing. You bring the blade down and deal substantial damage. You take one of its arms off and about half of its head and take off a huge chunk of the plating that's on the center of its torso, and it stumbles back a couple steps from the podium. Hmm. Can I position myself in between it and the button? Yeah, I'd say so. Is it dead? It's not dead. Uh-huh. It's, it's looking not great, though. Okay, uh, did, did, um, using the smite this turn take my bonus action or do I still have an action left? You still had it going from the last. You still have a bonus action to go. Okay. Do I have to redo it or is it... Yeah. You'd have, to, you'd have to pop another yeah, you'd have to pop another smite on there. Mm. No, no. I'm not going to do that. I want, I, I want to leave a spell slot available. No, don't forget um, you have to find smite. So. I don't do it. Yes, second level. Oh yeah, I do. Can I add Divine Smite to this thing right now? Yeah, I'll say so. Oh yeah. 2d8, okay. 
Oh, but that takes up my last spell slot then. You can still do plenty without spell slots as a paladin. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I'll do it. Two. Come on, high numbers. Ooh, high numbers. Thirteen? Yeah. Is it dead? Uh, it's it's gone. Yeah! <laughs> you you do the samurai sheathing the sword after the cut thing. Oh my god. Where your blade flares with divine energy a second after it's already cleaved through the thing, and then it just splits apart and explodes. Okay. Like, it sends metal everywhere. Wonderful. Uh, look to Nadir. Uh, he, you're facing off one another combatant, right? Yes. Yeah, he's looking at the uh, Hadnadad soldier. You got that one? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Well, you can go help awesome. him. I can deal with this one. I can deal with this one on the other side. It'll be fine. I'm coming. Yes, I'm coming back. Uh, and she'll run back over to Eleanor. I can. I can neither confirm nor deny that I need help. Uh, <laughs> Eleanor said she has this one guy. Oh, please go help. Had it. I'm can, sorry. You can go help Nadir. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go help Nadir. Sorry, I got mixed up. He is once more asking again for your combat yeah. support. Yeah, I'll run over to Nadir. Okay, that's my turn. Okay. I I don't appreciate it, but. Eleanor. Alright, uh, she puts her uh, fingers on her uh, uh, choker that she has. Alright, Melander, let's, let, let's get some help here. And I'm with some of this sacred weapon. What does this, what does this weapon look like? Because it's affixed to him. It says it, so in the description. It initially appears as a tree branch, but then the leaves rot off of it and thorns grow out of it. Mm-hmm. And it turns black and sickly by the time it begins to float. Alright, I'm going to bop the guy on the bridge with the, the guy that I'm facing. Okay. Alright, let's see, approach a weapon, let's see if it's. Uh, 21. 21 hits. Uh, Go ahead and nine, do the nine force damage. Nine force. And then, uh, toll the dead on it. Uh, we save. One second while I pull up which Hadmadad is correct. Nine force. How much does a Hadmadad have for wisdom? Not much. <laughs> uh, what did it have to be? Uh, 16. It had a 10? <laughs> uh, it takes 7 necrotic. It? It takes the bonk with a right then and then the bell clap comes down again <laughs> and by the time the bell pulls away from it there is no Hadmadot it is a puff of fabric uh, it, it's the bell ringing not you hating people with it don't worry no, we get extra it. for fixing ones like this I'm saying the bell comes down like in halves claps over it and rings and then when the bell halves come away there's no more Hadmadot <laughs> Alistair's very upset with all of you. <laughs> You're it killing so his little hard, buddies. No more Hadmadad. <laughs> it rung so hard. There's no more Hadmadad. Yeah. It just fucking exploded. Ele- oh, Eleanor no. is just like just it's just the nice ringing little bell and it just collapses. But no, you just have to keep making it gruesome. <laughs> They're fabric. 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that she's saying this about Melander because he, he augments her oh. things to look really not nice. <laughs> Eliza. Oh, yeah, it's my turn. Obviously, I'm going to attack and feel a little bad about it. <laughs> okay, go ahead and make your attack roll. I got a 19. That it. They're not hard to hit. Go ahead and roll. And damage. that's going to be nine damage. Nine damage. Sorry, little dude. You leave a considerable rip in this little dude's fabric when you bring the uh, when you bring the halberd down. You knock his jaunty little hat off, and when you pull the weapon back, it's left like a substantial rip from his shield arm, which is like dangling by threads that begin to pull. This is definitely some bad karma. You still have your bonus and your movement. Oh, you're right. I do have a bonus. Okay, I'm gonna roll for for bonus. Sorry, little guy, but I gotta win. Go ahead. Does an 11 hit him? 11 hits. They are not hard to hit. It's going to be 8 damage. Damage. You turn the haft in your hands again and put the blunt end of it through... (laughs) Put Put the end of it through the Hodmadod's head and it just kind of goes limp as a, as a sack Eli- around the haft. Eliza is visibly wincing as she does this. She genuinely feels bad for murdering this little Hodmadod thing. <laughs> Dear, you're on the list. Okay, who am I, uh... Who am I faced up against right now? Just a Hotmadod? One of the little one of the little Hotmadods, yeah. Okay. Well Ooh, since last turn I just used steady aim on Clockwork Soldier. Is that gone now? I'd say you can I'd say you can transfer target. Okay. Uh then I transfer, then I'll uh roll advantage again to attack this Hotmadod. Hopefully I finally hit something. That is a dirty 20 to hit. That hits. Go ahead and roll your damage with sneak attack. It's 1d8 and 2d6. Right. 19 damage. (laughs) It's gone. Goodbye. You... Cut it, top to bottom. It's about time. In one quick, in one quick swipe, and it just like a dog toy that's just been handed to the world's angriest chihuahua. I'm, I'm, I'm not proud. <laughs> just hit it no right one's on ever proud. You fucking killed him. <laughs> but I'm glad I killed something. Alistair, you're up. He is just distraught at this situation. 
It's just so sad. What's the closest thing that's left to attack? Uh, the one that you hugged that is now smoldering. Oh, God! <laughs> his little buddy! Oh, no! Again, this... please stop crying and just hit something. He just... He just looks at the hobby dog and he just quietly says, I'm so, so sorry. And he brings down his, his uh, scimitar in a downward slicing motion. Okay, go ahead and roll your attack. She's just emotionally in pain. It's a ten. Plus, plus my, uh, plus my, um, six. So it's a six. That'd be a sixteen. That hits. (laughs) Does it put the Hadmidad out of its misery? Almost, but not quite. Uh, this poor little you creature. You still have your birds. Are you okay? Like, are you the player okay? <laughs> you still have the birds. He's just gonna... <laughs> I'm actually gonna oh, cry. <laughs> I think he's just gonna take another wild swing at it. Just, just, just sobbing, trying to put this poor little cloth creature out of its misery. Just just a wild I swing. I laughing, but this is so fucking funny. <laughs> you don't have another attack, but your I birds don't? can deal 1d6. Oh god! <laughs> the birds get to it. Yeah, I think I think the birds sense, um, sense Alistair's absolute emotional pain and decide to put the hot me dot out of its misery. They go after it. I see those yeah. little button eyes and they're like, those are going to be mine. Yeah, they just yeah. they just peck it apart. Yeah, it's 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 like the, uh, the it's like the dude who gets pulled into the or out of the bar by zombies in Shaun of the Dead, but just fabric. You know how many nests they crowd... out of this guy? The entire crowd, by the way, has gone silent for the last couple <laughs> the last couple seconds on account. Of... Of what's going down with the hot dogs? They're little golem things. They're fine. They they're not alive. They don't feel they, pain. They can talk. They get reconstituted. Yeah, he's just he just he sees his birds tearing apart the last of the hot dog, and he just falls onto his knees in his hands in the sand and just goes, "Why does it have to be like this?" <laughs> I feel like the rest of us. Red shoots the remains of Hot Dodd. I feel like the not the one rest of the ones of... on the bridge. You're not the one on the bridge, or the one the other one Eliza's. I kid, I kid. I feel like the rest of the party is used to this, and this just happens every few fights with Alistair. This happens I mean, whenever they have to he's... fight Hot Dodds. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's either Eleanor or Alistair. One of them is usually crying. <laughs> And it's, I'd be just like, please get over it in battle, and then it's like, hug, hug, pat, pat, hug, hug, pat, pat, pat. So there's still two. There's there's the one on Antiope's side of the bridge, and there's the one on the ground with Eliza. Because, boss, you are now up. Any of them going for the, uh, switch? None of them are going for the switch just yet. Well, then I will shoot a Habidat. Or, wait, hold on. Said there was a Hamidad left or no? 
Yeah, there's two. There's one about to be fought by Eliza, and there's one uh, on the bridge, on Antiope's side of the bridge. Yeah, let's go for the bridge, bridge boy. Okay. Uh, what round are you firing? Red round. Okay. Go ahead and roll your attack. Seventeen to hit. Yep, and two D ten fire. That will be thirteen total. Thirteen, not enough to take it out, but enough to make it look real rough. Oh. It is actively on fire and smiling at Antiope. Not at all going to give anyone nightmares. <laughs> Sesame Street Terminator over here. A little bit of a nightmare. Oh, no, no, no. You know what it is? It's that fucking... Uh, from Hell of a Boss, the fucking clown animatronic that catches on fire just to reveal the robot parts. Yeah, it just oh, looks like that catching on fire. I haven't seen Hell of a Boss, so I was thinking of uh, Gravity Falls with a hot air balloon. That too. I I was thinking of the uh, the working Joes from Alien Isolation. Oh my gosh. Horrifying. they have this placid smile even when you set them on fire. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, ah uh, yes, everything. This, this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> this. this is a wonderful nightmare fuel thing. <laughs> Not quite that. Yeah, no, no. Podmodons are much cuter. Right. <laughs> All right, anti you're up. All right, I'm gonna go help the deer fight off what's what's left. What is left? Who's bothering? Uh, there's one Hodmodod that's still on your side of the bridge. It's on fire, but it's still alive, yeah. for lack of a better term. And the one on the other end of the uh, the other end of the bridge is facing down the deer. Does it look like? 2d6 falling damage would kill it. Yes, absolutely. Can I? I have a whip. Can I use the whip to kind of throw it off the bridge? Uh, can whips make grapple attacks? I don't think so, but I'm just. I think they might have a special ability for something like that. Yeah. As far as I know, no. But you can just flavor it while you just chop them off, I guess, instead of just you yeah. I was gonna off. say, make a make a strength check on that, and we'll count it as uh, we'll count it as you doing the uh, the whip pull. Ooh, seventeen. Yeah, that works. <laughs> uh, with a yeah, no, that that doesn't beat it. That had a three. Um, you pull your whip. You're holding your your great sword in your offhand. You lash it around the center of the Hadmadod, and you f- you pull. And as it hits the ground, it just poof, in a puff of stuffing. Stuffing in my mouth. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. And there is one remaining Hodmadod, which is on the other side of the bridge with Nadir. Uh, I'll, uh... Oh, on the other side of the bridge? Yeah. Oh, she uh, was groping Nadir. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, was I thought confused. you were talking about the one that was on fire. You, I, I asked what was no okay. deer dealing with, and you mentioned the one on fire. Oh, no, that was fired at you guys. Sorry. Um, oh no, there's only two. You're right. I'm sorry. I've gotten jumbled. Um, I have two. Yeah, there's there's one on the bridge that just got taken out, and there's one down below that Eliza's about to deal with. Okay, I'll yell down there. Uh, Eliza, you need any help? I'm good at the moment, but thanks. Gotcha. Eleanor, you're up. 
Alright, so... There's one next to Nadir, or is it next to me? Uh, neither. The one on the bridge got taken out already. Okay, uh, can I move my spiritual weapon down and hit it? Because it has a 20-foot yeah. movement speed, so it should be able to get down there. Yes. Alright. Yes, yes, you can. Let's see if I can just bomb it off with a, with a branch. Okay. Uh, 16? 16 hits. Alright, that's 7 points of damage. Okay. And then told the dead as usual. Okay. Uh, wisdom of not much. Wisdom save. Yeah, it has a 9. It rolled a 9. You're fine. Uh, and and damage. Once again, <laughs> you bring up the nice shiny bell, which quickly becomes black iron. Claps into halves like an Iron Maiden. Rings with a sounding boom. And then when the halves come away and dissipate, no more Hodnagod. It is a puff of stuffing. Uh, Eleanor looks significantly creeped out, as I assume the audience is as well. The audience is kind of floored. (laughs) (sighs) Well done, you've earned your lunch break. Comes a comes a voice from Tobias as he's standing at a sort of platform. Yay! Let's take a quick breather before final round. Bosh is pointing the cannon at him for a split second. He's like, oh, we're done. Okay, cool. <laughs> the bridge begins to drop along the walls, just slowly sinking down until it's level with the floor. The raised platform where the cannon was settles down, and the cannon powers down Bosh. Bosh pats it says, good job, buddy. You realize as the cannon sort of sinks into the ground and the platform the cannon was on sinks, that the door behind the cannon was not the door. That was part of a much larger door. But first, the podium opens, like the sides of it open, and eight small forks, like, uh, like a forked piece of metal come out each holding the neck of a bottle of red liquid. He wasn't kidding about lunch break, huh? Are these, like, each health of... potions? These are each a potion of healing. Oh. Okay. Can I just stuff it in my bag since I have full health? Yes. Heck I'll yeah. mine. I need it. What's <laughs> What's a healing potion again? 44 plus 4. 4d4. Those are strong. Yeah. I mean, I didn't lose a lot of my health, so I can I just keep mine until I lose more? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just I'll just put mine in the little in the little like hip satchel I'm wearing. Oh, we're off the one. Yeah. Yes. All right. I'll grab. Yeah, I'll down mine. And then look over at Alistair and he's like, do you need a hug? He just, he's just sniffling, just... <laughs> yeah. Oh, come here. Big, big warm hug. <laughs> Eleanor joins it, apologizing. <laughs> he had gonna to watch... waddle over and hug Kate. He, he had to watch as his birds violently tore apart a little buddy. It's okay. <laughs> They don't to make really it worse, one pain. of the mag- to make it worse, one of the magpies hops up and is carrying the Hobby Dog's eyeball in his mouth. 
<laughs> you snatch that away from the bird before Alice we'll sees see it. See. Eleanor will try to pet one of the magpies. Bosh just Their starts casting mending on the Hobnudab. <laughs> yeah, these don't, they don't feel, they're not like sentient and don't feel pain, no. right? No, no, they are, they are essentially, so what separates a golem from a Hodmadod is that a golem has a basic degree of thinking. A Hodmadod has essentially low-grade programming where they have a small library of phrases they know and a small number of tasks they can do. So like, clone, so like, golems are like clones and, uh... Hogmadaws are like droids. Yeah. Okay. So wait, what happens if I try to pet one of them? The uh, magpies. The magpies? They, they're not afraid of you. They're face spirits themselves. Okay. Yeah, they'll they'll either try and bite you or just kind of squawk. Oh, they're the, they're ghosts. Biting. They're the ghosts of birds that have died in the city. So. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah, they just tend to follow Alistair around for some reason. He can just summon them at will. But Tobias they're always there. Uh, sits above the big door that was behind Bosch's cannon. And he... Let me know when you're ready and we'll begin again. We have one more round before you're ready to go. Bosch has finished putting back together Hobnubob head for her. For Alistair? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no. I'm guessing Sanctuary wears off. Uh, I would say yeah. It okay. already was Cause... off because I was attacking things because I had to. Oh. Well. That's okay. <laughs> Alistair, Alistair, are you going to be okay? I know, it just hurt. Big, soft, warm hug. You know, that's the thing about being plus-sized I find it very helpful is that you're just so soft and comforting. It's just <laughs> That's the kind of hug you got. You're just nice, soft, and warm. Yeah, Eliza also offers a hug and, like, a hair ruffle, and it's like, it's gonna be okay, buddy, don't worry. Dear, you're missing out. Get over here. You're the only one not in the hug. Official group hug. Nadir, <laughs> we have to do it every time, remember? It's Mama part dear. of the building. Mind you, the entire school is watching us, but yeah. I, the if player, said that. the school has a problem, they can suck it. Yeah, and Sophie does not register this as something that might be a little embarrassing. She just is helping her friend. She doesn't care. Don't you be like stick ev- in the mud. Everybody has to comfort Alistair because he just he sees any and all constructs, no matter how stupid they are as people. He's the soft baby of the group. He must be protected baby. Meanwhile, if you were to actually piss him off, he'd go Eldritch Forest God and start kicking skulls in. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Alright, so, at, once you've gotten your group hug in, and the... Can we take a uh, short rest? Potions either either stare, stayed or quaffed. Uh, you do not have time to take a short rest, because yeah. the door begins to rattle up once you've Ooh. finally readied up. Great. Okay, we're... Same positions this time, or different? I'm just, Alistair's staying at the bottom of the of the thing. It, it's, it's a bridge, that's what I was trying to say. It seems like a good spot for him to uh, be. The bridge, is now, the bridge is now part of the floor. Oh, oh well, everything's a part of the floor now. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's now one, just... one floor. 
Squishy's on the middle. Squishy's on the inside. Heavy's on the outside. Sounds like a good plan to me. Who would be considered a squishy? Yeah, who we call squishy? Looks like a pure muscle. Who is the squishy one in the group? Get the AC. Uh, I think it would be our healer be... and Alistair, technically. Yeah. Well, you're all pretty tanky. Yeah, we're all pretty beefy. Not it's... much. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Alistair here. The funniest thing, I have the highest HP and AC in the entire party. I sucked on a healing potion, so I'm good to go. I'm back at full. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have a question for Tobias. Yes, dear? Um... Do we have to protect the button still, or is this uh, kill the thingy or survive? This is now uh, objective survive, kid. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, no. Quick question. Do I still have my two temporary HP, or is that gone now? Yes. Okay, cool. That's still there. I say we go the... in a circle and back to the inner circle and front facing out towards any danger. Very smart. Maybe. I second the, the circle with backs towards each other idea. Thirded. I I assume mm-hmm. he means... Oh, sorry. The door is about 20 feet tall. Oh! Uh. And now that it's open, you can hear a distant noise uh. in the dark of the tunnel. What the hell is that? I don't think it's going to be a circle tactic. This is going to be bad, isn't it? And it... The first thing you see is a hand reach the top of the tunnel and something duck underneath. Let's uh let's get in lines. Let's maybe get in like Yep, 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 yep. Squishies in the back. Squishies in the back, tanks in the front. Except we're all pretty much tanks. I'll stay in the middle. And as it steps into the artificial daylight of the arena you realize it is an enormous Podmodot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nearly Alistair, you're gonna have to man tall. up. Nearly 20 feet tall, and with a an axe of crystalline light in each hand. See, me as the player is terrified, but Alistair would probably be like, oh, It's bigger! <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor is shaking right now. She is terrified. That's a big boy. It's like being said a prayer to Selena. Alistair's just it, so imagine, excited. Like, imagine a imagine a nightmare Baymax <laughs> in terms of shape. Meanwhile, um, Eliza's just grabbing her halberd tighter and like, I'm so ready for this. Oh god, not this not the CW thing no. <laughs> it's, it's Bebo. It's Bebo. <laughs> Baymax, but if he was allowed to kill. Pretty much. So similar of, proportions. A big a big bobbly stuffed body, short stumpy legs. One of these and, things, but giant. Uh <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Um, much broader body. Kind of gorilla-like arms. Oh my god. And, uh, like I said, a giant axe in each hand. Oh no. 
and as it looks down at the two of you with button eyes the size of wagon wheels, it just, Are you ready for a fight? No. <laughs> we're, we're back in the initiative order with Nadir at the top of the order. You're lucky because the Hodme boss got the bottom of the order. We don't okay, get... So, oh, okay, good. Okay, I was about to say... How, we get how tall ones? is this thing? About 20 feet. Okay. Um, okay, tell me if I can't do this, but I would like to uh, use my bonus action first and uh, face step slash... You know, I don't know what we're going to call it yet. Deathless deathless step onto his shoulder. Oh, you're doing the, uh... You're doing the, the short-range teleport the Deathless get, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, you can do that, for sure. So I'm going to teleport onto his shoulder and stab my rapier straight into the side of his head. Go for it. Right. I am 100% here for it. Alright, just dice do one thing. Just do one good thing today. Okay. It is a 21 to hit. Yep. Alright, and just. Uh, I get no sneak attack. Yeah, I get no. Okay. Yeah, it wouldn't be sneak attack. That is uh, six damage. Six damage. You. It's like stuffing a needle into a pincushion. <laughs> you bring. You put the back of your hand on the pa- or you put your hand on the back of the pommel and drive it in, and like I said, it's like a needle in a pin cushion. It's just, oh, you're just getting stuffing straight out. I, you are now on its shoulder. I am going to stay on its shoulder, and uh, if I get thrown off or anything, I'll as a reaction cast Featherfall. Okay. So you're, you're parked up there, Alistair, you're up in the order. Okay, is it possible for me to run in and try and cut one of its legs with my, with my scimitar? Yeah, I'd say you can go for it. Cool. So before he does that, he looks up at Nadir uh, and he goes, Don't, don't poke! Slash! And then he just runs in and he goes for legs. And that is a 13 plus 6 for attack, I think. 19 hits. Yeah. Nice. I can't imagine it's uh, hard to miss this guy. (laughs) It is very easy to hit him. And what was your damage? Uh, dam- damage is, uh... D6 plus 4. So that would be a 5. 5 damage. Okay. You run through and almost do, like, a slide on the sand and slash along its leg and leave a rip where batting and stuffing and spare, yeah, spare scrap fabric comes out. Yes. So you're now in melee range with it, and do you want to apply bird to it? I I send my bird inside the hot me dot <laughs> through the tear in its <laughs> leg. Uh, go ahead and roll your d6 for, for, for damage from the swarm. 
Four. Four. Four points of damage to the Hodna boss. You watch as seagulls and magpies dive inside of it, and once the initial layer of batting is through, uh, one pulls out a full teddy bear <laughs> ah! and runs off with it. <laughs> I'm coughing. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> Boss, cheer up. I can imagine like a magpie just pokes its head out of a hole out of a hole in the outer layer of fabric and just starts screaming at the top of its lungs. Oh absolutely. Just multiple birds at multiple different points in the in the sheared leg just poke their head out and start cawing and, and laughing and just bird noises. They have found the absolutely. ultimate the ultimate mass of nesting material. They're going insane. <laughs> Boss, you're up. Alright, was the uh, cannon powered down still? or Yeah, cannon's powered down. Okay. Okay. In that case, I'm going to cast Create Bonfire at its feet using the um, Om- Omni Tool, or whatever this magic screwdriver I have is called, to j- gain myself a cantrip. Okay. Oh, cool. You're gonna burn Alistair alive because you still believe <laughs> Copy box. I, I'll choose the uh, succeed on outside of the field. I'm gonna get nice and away from you. Uh, what's your spell save DC? It is a 15. It does not succeed, and it takes 1d8 fire damage. So that is six fire damage there. And then Bosch is going to go, Go, Thunder, go! And Thunder leaps into action going, Rawr, bow wow, rawr. <laughs> and what does Thunder do? So Thunder is going to go up and use its force-empowered rend attack. Uh, it uses my spell attack modifier to hit. Uh, does 1d8 plus... PB force damage. Proficiency bonus. Right, yes. So D8 plus 2. Once you make the attack roll. Yeah, that was a 16 without bonuses, so that hits, right? Yeah. Yep. And then I rolled a 7 for damage, so 9 total. Rawr. Maul. Mauling initiated. Rawr. Okay, so, the Hodna boss is going to use one of its legendary actions. It raises one of its axes high in the air. And that's its legendary action. Antiope. Oh, I've seen that animated spellbook. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fuck. Alright, um... So, how... Ha- you said this thing is 20 feet tall? Yeah. Wonderful. I am going to activate my Radiant Soul. And... Fuck yes. Yeah. Glowing amber wings sprout from my back. And Antipi takes off into the air to attack this thing. Um, okay. Probably slash at its face or neck or... I don't know. Is there any weak points to this thing? 
Uh, I would say no. This thing's shaped like a giant piece of candy corn. What? Candy it corn? Has very, it has a very conical body with Cone, no distinguishable but soft. Yes. Okay, okay. I'll just be slashing it's a... sort of big teardrop-shaped arms. Yeah. I'll be slashing a whatever I hit. From the ground, Alistair just goes, Pretty wee. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've seen these wings before. She's used this multiple times a comp, I think. Anytime we need to fly, she flies. And All every right. time, um, he's just like, Appreciate it. Um, Alright, so she is going to slash at it. I assume it's been a minute, so I don't have any of my stuff. Uh, you wouldn't know. Yeah, okay, so just a regular slash sword. Okay, go ahead and make your attack roll. 17? 17 hits, go ahead and make your damage roll. Yes, alright. Ooh, two fours, that's an 11. 11 points in a go. Excellent. Awesome. And I don't have any spell slots, so I can't do anything else. Eleanor, you're up. Alright, how far away is Nadir from me? Uh, how far is Nadir? I assumed you guys are grouped in kind of a 15 by 15 formation, not far from. Um, well, yeah, I'm on his shoulder still, right? Yeah, sorry. You're on the shoulder, which is about 30 feet up. Or not 30 feet up, 20 feet up with about a 10 foot distance. So could I hit him with a 30 foot bless, question mark? Uh, I would say so. I'm not going to break out the Pythagorean theorem just for, for <laughs> dirty napkin math here. It's okay. Uh, I want to get I want to get blessed to me, Nadir, and Atiyabi. Pythagorean okay. theorem's broken with the D and D grid, anyways. <laughs> and then okay, so I you've will. Got plus. Yeah, I'll take a few. I'll take a few steps back to be like, I don't. I believe any comfortable range it might have, and just stay <laughs> stay as far away from it as I can. So you close out and start running up, running about 15 feet back, I'm guessing? Yes. Because you see where it's going with this thing. Yep, yep, yep. I am not going to get hit by that. I refuse. Timely. Eliza? Yeah, I'm definitely going to go and attack this and try and chop off an arm. Okay. So go ahead and make your attack roll. 13. Uh, go ahead and make your damage roll. Twelve. Twelve. This thing ain't looking too great. You have to sort of baseball bat swing your halberd, but you take off its thumb on the hand that's lowered and score along a big portion of its body on the way back down. Awesome. I would like to try and take my bonus action to hit it with the uh, the hilts of my my thing, and I got a 17. Yeah, go ahead and roll your d4 plus 4. 7. 7. He don't look great. <laughs> this thing should be in his... shreds by now, man. The beginning of his turn... We need Eliza and Alistair 
to take seven points of damage as the axe comes crashing down and lands right between you and sends the both of you stumbling from the impact. Thunder Watson would have been right up in that guy's business. Should he take damage? Yeah, Thunder would also take seven damage. We're not high up as well. Uh, you're in the air, so no. Oh, yeah. I've heard about that. Yeah, Antiope's, Antiope's up. She's uppies. Uppy, uppy. <laughs> Look, everyone wants uppies. Everybody wants uppies, all the time. Who wants uppies? I can do uppies. So, Antiope, it does, the Hodman boss does make it take a swing at you. Oh no. Does a... Oh yeah, dirty 20 hits, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Thunder no, is... Antiope's right on the ground, right? I'm not. Antiope's in the air right now. I mean, Shoot, stop. I gotta up, sorry. What's that fucking... What's that quote? I can fly that fucking... The game. The Borderlands game. Oh. I don't remember. You can run, but I can fly. Whatever. Something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. I'm just, that's in my head. Uh, a single point of force damage as the axe just barely clips you. Is that all you got? It then makes its second attack. Oh god. I just get back. back. I'm pretty sure a 19 hits. Yeah, it hit. For seven points of force damage with the other arm. Okay, you can in fact do better. Noted. The third attack comes down towards Thunder. Ah! And uh, does a 14 hit Thunder? I don't believe so. Let me double check. Oh, good. I thought it meant. I thought you meant he was coming down with Thunder damage or something. Just barely <laughs> missed. 15 armor. Okay. So Thunder leaps sidelong out of the way as the blade of the axe buries itself in the sand and wrenches it up. It has all of its legendary actions back. Nadir, you're at the top of the order. Initiating still taunt. still on this thing's shoulder. Bitch. legendary actions. Oh, fuck. Fuck. Yeah. We can yeah, cut, right? Yeah, it has legendary right? actions. Is, any, is anything within five feet of this guy? Or any of you? Uh, Alistair and Antiope and Eliza are all within five feet of it. Because they had to make melee attacks. All right. So you take the zone. Stabby stab. Go ahead and make your attack roll. Ooh. That's 12. Bless. 1d4. That still hits. Oh, that still hits. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so then I do these and two of those. Not high numbers. Fourteen, uh, fourteen damage. Okay, it is it is looking wobbly. Like seams are starting to come undone. One of the button eyes has started to come loose. I am going to uh, bonus action use uh, 
still gonna hold on, but I'm gonna use steady aim again. Okay. Just I'm trying to you know look at the seam, see what see what's uh see where I can hit. Just cut the head clean off. How did the seam seem to you? Fun. Alistair, you're up. Okay, um... So Antiope is the one flying, right? Yes. Uh, Alistair's gonna just kinda run a few feet away from the bottom of the hop Hopti boss and kinda raise his arms and do grabby hands at her because he wants to go up in the air because he has an attack he's really dying to do ever since he saw it movie once. <laughs> Okay. Does she, does so, she lift him up? Uh, that'll have to be on Antiope's turn. So we'll say you're holding action. Yeah, that'll that'll be my action for the moment. Okay, boss, you're up. Okay, um, would it be possible to spray the bonfire and the thing with grease? Uh, grease is not flammable in fifth edition. That is very disappointing. It was kind of an obvious rule patch. It's a feature, not a bug. Oh, it, it did end its turn there, so hang on. Off point of fire damage. <laughs> Grease was no longer my fun goal for fashion. <laughs> um, yeah, I gave it, I rolled a d8 for fire damage for you. It took a point of fire damage, because it ended its turn in the bonfire. But what are you up to, Bosh? Uh... Bosh is going to cast Sanctuary on Eliza. Okay. And that's only a bonus action, so then he will attack with his Tatchet. Okay. So you're getting into melee range with it? Yeah, it seems better than shooting with a crossbow, you know. I mean, it's it's it doesn't really have any type immunities, I'll say that outright. Okay. Well, that is a... 11 to hit. 11 does hit? Eight damage. Chop, chop, Eight chop. damage. You come swinging at its ankles. Goodbye, toe. Top, 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 top. Alright, Antiope, you're up. Who wanted uppies? Uh, Alistair wanted uppies. Alistair wanted up. I will I will give you uppies. What do you want me to do? Yippee! Bring me up to the head neck. Okay, Point. can I fly down to them and then fly them up to the neck. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I do and that. They can, use their, they can use their reaction to take their action. Because they Yippee. have a condition to trigger more of their name. I just throw you at the neck. Oh. Just pick you up pick you up by the hands, do that circling throw and just yeet. Yeah. That's the, the big heat. <laughs> the big heat. 
Oh. Uh, right. I guess I guess I got to do doing? my reaction now. Yep. Okay. So you're doing your, you're doing your action. Uh, what Alistair does is that he sinks uh, his scimitar as far as it can go into the fabric that's still being held together, and he will try and use his body weight to just tear the scimitar down its body as he just falls to the ground. He's using both hands to hold onto the uh, grip, the grab where the sword is. I'm gonna say you make this attack at disadvantage, but you do, if you do, you land double damage. <laughs> okay. So roll yeah. twice and take the lower number. Roll 2d20? And take the lower number. Could and I... then if it succeeds, you take double damage. Could I give them a help action for this? I would say... I would say yeah. Okay, okay so, so it's just a straight attack roll. Yeah, give you give you helping attack. I am aiming you. <laughs> I aim you. You are aiming me. Uh, so the, the higher one was a nat twenty, and the lower oh, one yeah. is sixteen. Oh yeah, I so, hope you get a nat twenty. I will say the twenty wins out because that was the roll was the roll wouldn't have been with disadvantage with her with her uh, so. This yeah. is that buddy. Alright, now so I roll the... Roll your, roll your D6 uh, plus 4 and then quadruple it. Okay, so that's a 4 plus 4 is 8. And what's 8 times 4? Don't ask me. 32. 32 damage! Yeah. That's Sam. a lot, that's a lot of damage! That's a lot Sam. of damage. How does it go down? Yeah. <laughs> so he executes the attack perfectly. The weight of his body is just enough to keep him sliding down the entire torso of the hobby boss as he's Carol holding on to the, to the grip yeah, exactly. with both hands. And it goes all the way down from the neck to the belly, just, just gutting it open long ways. The birds burst. <laughs> the birds. <laughs> the birds like multiplied boogie boogie, but birds. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My birds. Okay, boogie, but birds. It's just the birds have somehow multiplied in number while inside the hobby boss. Doesn't have to be dead for them to make a nest. Exactly. Oh my god, just the imagery of just Entirepy picking them up, swinging them, and thing, and then you just stab into it and claw down. Like like how a cat gets stuck in the curtain and exactly. gets stuck on the curtain and just the way drags down. the way just, down. Yeah, you are, you are riding the scimitar down to the ground where you hit the sand, and this entire thing just toddles over with a... Well, I guess that's it. And <laughs> bursts, outburst all of the birds that were in your swarm, as well as just a cloud of stuffing. There is total silence in the arena. And then... <laughs> the crowd goes fucking nuts. Eleanor joins in, shooting behind house. Yeah. Yeah, you are flying circles in hype mode. 
Alistair just, he's just gonna pat one of the giant eyeballs that's off the ground. He's like, I'm sorry, but it had to be done. I'm sorry. And of course, Tobias opens, like, he hops the railing of his announcer box and glides down to the ground on Featherfall. And, well, I quite proud of how you all hold together. You have definitely earned this, and he hands out your adventuring permits for the city of Petrofor. You are now third-year students with an adventuring license. Normally, you'd have to go through your first month of training as a third-year to pull this off. Yes! And Taipei is vibrating with ex- excitement. Yes, yes, like, yes! <laughs> Flush is just grabbing whoever's closest and sweeping him up into a spinning hug. <laughs> Alistair has stuffing in his hair and he just walks up to the, to the teacher and just snatches the license, just glares at him and says, You made me do this. It was they're cute. Dots. They're not, they're not sentient. Don't mind. But they're cute. They might, they might not matter to you, but they matter to me. Just stops okay, okay, away with the hands. I think <laughs> Alistair needs some therapy. Yeah, and Tyve just pulls Alistair to the side, like, shh. Okay, okay. Pat on the head. Hug. Pat on His the head. adoptive mother is a nature golem, so of course he feels bad for killing Hug. Golem and hog dogs are two different things. They're okay. similar. They're similar I know, enough to okay. make him feel bad. It feels like he's killing a baby version of his mom. Oh gosh. You need therapy. Eleanor will awkwardly grab their permit next and just thank him quietly and walk off to the rest of the party. Eleanor, as you walk away with your permit, the long slinking shadow follows and lifts itself away from, from the ground and just Hey, look at you. Yeah, we got it. You had it in you, did you? Uh, well, I I knew the others did. They are they're really amazing and cool. You always had it in you. You just had to trust in me. See, I had your back. Always. I didn't need that fucking back out. You just knew what to do because we've done it so many times. Yeah, just can you stop murdering them really disgustingly? Oh, come on. They're bags. Alistair oh. glares at him. Just turned his head. Oh, He's like, I heard that. You oh, can't hear I him. thought it was one of the ones you, that you could. hear. You hear Eleanor's side of the conversation. Whatever. Yeah, just hearing her talk to her, him. Uh, he just knows that he's there. He just can't hear him. He's just like. Yeah. It's Hyopi's just immediate reaction is tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah. And then pat pat plug back to Alistair. I think everyone here needs to go get some sleep because, jeez, you guys are tired. I can see it in you. Is that Moander saying that or, or the That's Tobias? Moander. Okay. That's Moander. Tobias is different. Oh, we'll, we'll be okay. <sighs> I mean, maybe a bit of a nap would be good, but I'm, I, I'm kind of unscathed. A bit out of energy, but, you know, that's the usual. I mean, I would like a chance to get settled into my dorm room before the semester starts properly. Oh yeah, we can do that. Uh, your dorm, your dorm rooms are just as we left them last semester. Oh yay, that's nice. Oh jeez, I uh, hope no someone found the sandwich. 
We uh, oh. we haven't taken you out of the we haven't taken you out of the dorms yet because you're still students here. Uh, I've still got to set up, set my altar back up. It comes with me from home. Yeah, well, and- I wish you the best to our new star students. And he gestures to the whole third year. You see these? You see these six? They're who you need to be looking up to. Pipey stands at attention. What? What? Uh, 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 uh. I'm more scared of the, the attention. These six are going to lead by example. They're going to get a head start on their adventure. Yes. I expect everyone to be in top form this year. You hear me? That's great. Now they're all just looking at Fawn that started crying over dying hum-dubs. We have to to be like him? Yeah, and Typey does offer a hand to whoever seems nervous in this moment. Eleanor and Alistair, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. One of each hand is like squeezing. He finally realizes everybody was looking at him and he's just like, oh god, I cried. Typey doesn't have any Ooh, it, it, social stuff just goes right over her head. She's just like, hey. Oh no. Eleanor's talking to no one in front of everyone in the entire audience. <laughs> Alistair yep. fell to his hands and knees in the sand and started crying because he didn't <laughs> kill that one Omnidob at the final blow and he just saw it yeah, wobbling yeah. around with a big slash in his head before his birds tore it apart. Oh, Eleanor God. go over to Alistair and they will be both depressed buddies right now. <laughs> And how crazy they look together. <laughs> then, uh, so then... once you once once you guys come up to the dorm, what uh, what does each person's dorm room look like? And Typey's definitely looks like uh, it's a new person's dorm in the fact that it has nothing in it except the bare uh, bones of it. And then you re- and then she just kind of flops down in her bed's like ah home sweet home. And you realize oh this is how she wants her room to look. Completely bare bones. Um, very, very basic things. And just has a small box of stuff with her that is her little, like, whatever her day-to-day prayer stuff requires, I think. Haven't nailed down exactly what that would be. Eliza's room is pretty simple. She has, like, some really simple decor and a bookcase with, like, a dozen different books in various stages of age. Some of them newer, some of them clearly older, all of them definitely used. Um, And in the corner closest to a window, if there is, in fact, a window, there's a little table, and the first thing she does is kneel and start setting up all of her trinkets that uh, remind her of her ancestry. Um, Alistair's room is just so many plants. So many plants that Kayla has sent from home. Uh, And he doesn't actually have a bed. It's more of a mattress that's on the floor, surrounded by just a plethora of pillows and blankets that he's he's shaped into the perfect nest. And he has, like, little weird, just things that he's picked up from he- from here and there, just on the shelves, like, oh yeah, that's a cool feather, or oh look, the shell of a bird's egg, or cool, a dead beetle. And I found this bone somewhere, it looks cool, I'm putting it on my shelf. So yeah, that's what his room looks like. 
I want to say that Eleanor's room is a bit cottage core, where they have like a, a pretty big bed and they have like a plethora, like way too many stuffed animals and plushies just everywhere. Like, like at least like 20% of the bed is just full of really cute stuffed animals that are the, just the softest things ever. And uh, her room, I want to say, is decorated in like a bit minimalistic, but like. Just kind of really cute, no sharp edges or anything like that. It's just, uh, just really pastel and soft. And, uh, that's about it, I want to say. Bosch's room has, like, some, uh, well, we've just been calling him, like, a retrocepts every time we joke about him since he's got the artificer stuff going on. So he's got a lot of little gimmick project stuff's going on. There's a little charging station like for a Roomba that Thunder goes and sits in. <laughs> uh, he's got a couple wall scrolls for like Fancy Pink Floyd and Hatsune Kenku. <laughs> <laughs> Hatsune Kenku. That's perfect. I... She's I one of those pretty like pretty blue Eurasian Jays. There you go. Hatsune Kenku. <laughs> Cancun exists in this world now. No, Kenku, the uh, little crow people. Ken- oh, Kenku. I think you were Kenku. Like, can't. Yeah. Can't. Bra- mm, brain. Yeah, if you're unfamiliar with them, since they're not in, like, the basic player's handbook, the Kenku can't speak normally, but they are perfect mimics. Oh. Which means they're fantasy vocaloids. Oh, shit. What is uh what does Nadir's room look like? Okay, Nadir's room. Uh I was just thinking it over and uh you know, he it's it's kind of like uh I I had to google goth Indiana Jones. Um not much <laughs> came up. <laughs> but definitely uh it's a very very small uh, like loft apartment with like blackout curtains, candelabra. There's a globe in there. Um, I think the only furniture is like a desk, a single bed, and then like his what he calls his thinking chair, um, which is where he, I'm assuming where he trances. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, and then uh, a bookshelf. It's his oh, oh. vibing corner. Yes, yes, the vibe corner. And uh he he pocketed after he uh after the Huma boss exploded and he did his three point superhero landing and <laughs> and held it for the like the entire time. Um he pocketed a bunch of the stuffing so that he can uh make cipher like a little a burrow oh in my the corner. God, that's amazing. That's perfect. And on that, that's where we're going to end tonight's session. <laughs> I would like to make a note that if Atsune K- Kenku is a blue jay, that's still a Corbin, which yeah. uh, Kenku is being pro-based. Yeah, it's yep. perfect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's... I, just... I... I can't get over that. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just so worried that Melinda is being so much nicer than usual. I'm so worried. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> that. Weird. It's because you finally partook in violence. <laughs> <laughs>
Not. Oh yeah, I did steal the guy off a bridge. Oh, Anders just like you killed the guy. Good for you. Absolutely exploded to uh, to odd the dots with full dead. He's satisfied. He's happy. Okay. Oh, yeah, when, when we get to actual studies, then he's gonna hate me. <laughs> uh. I I do have some like lore questions, but I'll I'll yep. just uh, I'll just throw them in the chat. I'll be happy to answer those after the session. So say goodnight, everybody. Bye. Goodnight, Good everybody. Night. Thanks Good for night. listening, folks. We'll see you again. Uh, I believe we record next the nineteenth, the fifteenth. Uh, so this episode will be going up on the eleventh of August. Thank you, folks. Pleasure having like, everyone here tonight. Like to summon my birds, please. <laughs> we would all like to summon our birds in these trying times. Oh God, the birds are! Oh, no! Oh. This is a Crow's Nest podcast.